The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to The Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views. I'm Anthony Curry. BP, the British oil major, is pledging to go net zero. So is Delta Airlines, the largest US air carrier by market value. And they're not alone. They're just two of the most recent companies to adopt the term. And what they're talking about is their intention to reduce to nothing, one way or another, their carbon and other greenhouse gas emissions. Now, it's hardly a quick process. Some firms like Delta are targeting 10 years, others 20, 30 or even longer. But is that realistic? Do the companies making these promises have the right plans in place? And who's in charge of it all? Joining me from across the pond in London to dig into these climate change goals is George Hay. Welcome back to the show, George. Hi, Anthony. So let's let's start with uh, with BP, since that came first. BP last week said, basically, we're going to go net zero carbon emissions at a certain period of time. We've seen others do this. Shell's been talking about it. Repsol Cape was really the first to come out with a, net, a big net zero target, I think, of the big oil majors in Europe. Um, we've always been pretty sceptical, right? If we look back over the past few years of our coverage, it's been, look, it's good to have shareholders, for example, go after companies for more information and get them to give a bit more detail about where their risks might lie. But we're at least finally starting to see companies say, we're now going to do something. But the question is, is that something, George, enough? And can we quantify it? And can we? And do we think it's going to get us somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think with the answer to, with BP under their new chief executive, Bernard Looney, and this is what he, this is his first act really last week. Um, the answer to that is a kind of cautious yes, actually. Um, uh, because um, as you said before, we've, we've been sceptical of the long-term targets of the... Uh, oil majors and um, for a good reason because a lot of them talked in terms of we want to reduce the carbon intensity of our production yeah. which um, is all very well and good and it is a good thing but it's um, it basically means you can increase your production as you can still kind of incre- increase the absolute level of um, emissions that you're making which um, is kind of, which is which isn't really quite in the spirit of getting to net zero by 2050 which is what we really need to do as a planet to keep everything um, uh, to keep global warming between uh, below or around 1.5 degrees Celsius. So what um, the new thing with BP is that they've they've actually committed um, pretty much to a, to a large extent to get to net zero to reduce their emissions by about 400 over 400 million tons of CO2 equivalent by 2050, which is quite a big thing. Right. And it goes beyond just the emissions from their own operations to actually the emissions that come from uh, the oil they produce when they are burned by their customers. Um, and they're, so, like they're, when, we're, when we're driving our cars, for example, yeah. So or, that's the yeah. So, so, so whenever you're using um, a, a product from Shell or BP, that's that's what we call scope three emissions, and it's really important right. for the oil, oil companies care about them because they're like ninety percent of their overall emissions and their overall emissions unsurprisingly are absolutely massive like bp's is roughly yeah. the size of the overall uk carbon emissions so so you know um the very fact that they are actually doing something about this is encouraging because um the the, the great problem before was that because all this stuff is rather con- confusing and difficult for people to get their heads around um you could see the oil majors slightly taking advantage of that by saying, "Oh, we're going to cut our carbon intensity by X and all this ref- all this stuff." Yeah. It sounds great, but is actually ultimately 
um, it's sad to say, kind of greenwashing relative to the scale of the problem. What BP have done is a good a good target, and that's that. So it makes it a good start, yeah. even though um, I mean, it's important to say it's not. Even though they are tackling a lot of their scope three emissions, it's not absolutely all of them. But um, what they're saying is we are tackling all the emissions that come from our production process, whether they be scope one, two, or three. And I think that's a reasonably good start. So, yeah, so it's 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 not completely comprehensive, but it's a really good, and it's probably not even start, it's beyond a start, I suppose. It's, it's actually not a bad way of going about things, and I suppose they can build on it. And yeah. they're actually coming up with a target that, that is meaningful, yeah, is yeah. easy put, to put, understand. Put it, this way. put it this way, if every oil company did what BP was doing, um, the oil sector as a whole would get to net zero by 2050 because they'd all be looking after their own production. The only bits right. of um, BP's scope three emissions that are not uh, going to be net subject to their target are the ones where they are buying other people's, other oil majors' um, production and putting it through their refineries or marketing it to other people. Um, now, that's a, still a hell of a lot of um, uh, emissions um, and a hell of a lot of oil, but it's in in the terminology they are they are kind of looking after they're basically kind of dealing with the emissions that they are um they are responsible for directly responsible and right. i think that's i think right. that's a kind of it seems to me a lot uh, definitely a step forward from where we were the second question clearly is how do they get there and that we don't know yet yeah and that's the thing i mean i was looking at a similar thing with with delta airlines that came out with a similar target last last week on valentine's day in fact a, a very nice valentine's day gift for everyone exactly yes um but the thing there of course is that scope three for them basically doesn't exist so much because what is scope one and two for them is also uh the same as scope three because you know if you when you get on an airline yes you and i as consumers can say we're we are you know we should offset what we're doing maybe and and you know we're, we're helping to burn the fuel but it's also the airline itself that's burning the fuel that it uses and that is where the vast majority i think it's probably 95 percent plus of of its emissions come from and the big issue there is you know, how does a company like delta or any airline get to a point where it can actually reduce the emissions it's come out rather than net zero and we'll get into net zero versus actual reduction of emissions in a minute but there's only so much you can do right there's only so much uh, we we're seeing in terms of either you know um, biofuels that will work and not emit as much in airplanes it is happening but it's not happening quickly or indeed electric um electric uh, airlines i mean we're not i'm not sure i'm quite ready to get into a, a 747 that's that's powered by batteries just yet. i'm not sure anyone's actually ready to put any batteries on there that's a big problem but again i like the ambition they've got you know over the next 10 years we're going to spend a billion dollars and we're going to can't get our emissions down as much as possible with net zero being the target possibly over those 10 years the issue is of course from my perspective is i look at i think I don't know why you're coming up with one billion because you're not giving any idea, as any idea of what exactly you're investing in. Or, I mean, they do talk a good game. CEO, the CEO Ed Bastian talks a very good game in the press release and in a video online about, you know, we're going to work with everyone, shareholders, rivals, clients, customers, suppliers, and there's no single solution. All this stuff is great and it's what you want to hear. Right? You know that everyone yeah. will need to work together. You can't do it just on your own, yeah. just like you're talking about with, 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 with BP. You know, it can't just be BP itself. You've got to speak to the auto manufacturers. You've got to speak to the, you know, the likes of my apartment building here, which burns oil to, to, to heat the place. Um, <laughs> but there's no real targets. And, and there's also, on, on, at the moment on Delta side, no real accountability. We don't know who's running the money, this $1 billion fund or whatever it's going to be. And at the moment, it doesn't look like um, any of the executives are having their pay linked to any of these targets. These 
targets which are not yet quite set in stone. I know some of the oil companies have done that, though, haven't they? They have yeah, set there, there's, some there's been, there's been, a, there's been There's been a bit of that shell of kind of uh, dangle their toe in the water of that, but um, mm. they're, not, they're usually not kind of long-term enough to, to really mean anything. But I think, I think the, the, the kind of common thread here is that um, if, you know, it's all very well having kind of, I mean, you see a lot of banks doing this as well. So we're going to invest, you know, mm-hmm. X billion, huge amounts of money over the next um, 10 years. I think Standard Chartered kind of made an intimation of something like that today. Um, and all that is very good. But it, it, as you say, it doesn't really going to give you um, much uh, either exactly how, how they're going to invest it or what the kind of end result or end um, what the upshot of it is. And that's that's why I think what BP have done is, is a step forward because um, if you're going to be, if you're basically saying you're going to turn 415 million tons of CO2 emissions into zero uh, in net terms by 2050, then um, you, you know, that's a, that's a pretty hard target and you've got to do it. Yeah. Like, um, and there are various ways you can try and do that. And some are way better than others. And the worst way is just to kind of, um, kind of aerially assume that there will be some kind of carbon capture which can just capture yeah, all is, your noxious food is, which which is which is a bit dodgy because of all that stuff even though it is uh you know a thing at the moment it's not really a thing in anything like the scale that would be required to actually no there's there's, there's lots of companies that, that talk about it i mean i remember Occidental Petroleum here in its in its in its big deal last year for Anadarko was talking about how this will help it do even better on on carbon capture and storage. It's like okay, that that sounds fine, but you're not all you're doing is all you're talking about really is capturing it at, at the at, at the drill at the drilling source if if that and it's not yet proven it's working great. Yeah, exactly. So so kind of kind of in the round, what you really need is a plan where you say. Uh, I mean, if, you're, if, if, if BP is going to take this seriously and they're going to come out with um, proper financial targets and presumably more detail in September, but if they're going to... That, that, that kind of really, to be credible, um, needs to say, rather than spending upwards of $15 billion every year on uh, new oil projects, a big chunk of that is going to have to be spent on something that isn't um, going to emit so much uh, uh, CO2. And, that, and that's... That takes you into renewables. That takes you into um, various potentially getting into a kind of becoming a power utility or something like that. Yeah. And and all that is um, fine. But then you need to explain to your investors how you're going to um, still pay their dividends and make the same level of returns that they've become used to. And um, that is going to be the the nub of it because if they can kind of make a credible argument for how that's going to work, then we really will be in business. But um, if it's a load of kind of hot air, then um, uh, we won't. Yeah, well, no, I suppose you'd expect to see, I, I would assume, shareholders um, pushing them a lot more. I mean, but there's all this talk of shareholders doing more than just saying, OK, let's have some relatively easy targets. I think, you know, you and I have both written over the past couple of years that most of what the, the, the so-called climate activist institutional shareholders have done is really going after relatively low-hanging fruit. It's a good start. I mean, it's relatively early days, but a lot more needs to be done. And if companies well, don't yeah, start and doing I mean, it, the shareholders, I, I, we hope I agree. will push them. Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, I would, I would describe it as, as the, there's somewhere between a the relationship between the oil companies and some of their shareholders over the last couple of years has been somewhere between a holding pattern and a kind of Faustian pact where they basically, yeah. they both, they both agree that they need to say things on climate change and they both agree 
and kind of pretend that they are bothered about it. But ultimately, what they're bothered about is paying large dividends to themselves, as as they should be. But um, don't be going along with the with all the kind of pulling on the green t-shirt stuff because it's quite easy to see that there's not actually much really kind of backing that up. And that, but that's that's kind of again why it's interesting with like if you're a BP shareholder, um, basically. I mean, and this is probably the key thing I haven't I forgot to mention, but it's probably the key thing, single biggest and most important thing that um, Looney said last week was he kind of admitted highly unusually that the implication of his plan was that um, over time BP would start to produce less oil and gas. And that is right. that is kind of a, a bit of a salt bow statement of the bleeding obvious, but like um, that it's also a kind of sacred it, cow. Yes. It's a sacred cow because it, ultimately that's like, that's like any other company saying, you know, that's like uh, Apple say well, we're going to make less, fewer iPhones in future, and um, and people yeah. will go, well, what's going to replace that? How are we going to pay our dividends? Yeah, exactly. So all that detail is pretty fascinating, and it's still to come, and therefore we can't at the moment say uh, BP has um, squared the circle and you know sorted everything out. But uh, I just think it's um, it's encouraging that uh, they are at least making some kind of step towards a credible target. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think I think as we were saying earlier on that the, the ambition is good, the better targets are good. The fact that we're not just having um, conversations about look, here's more data on where our emissions come from and what might be at risk if we don't change. The beginnings are there for change, and let's let's hope that goes further. You know, you've got the likes. You know, just just this week, uh, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos says, you know, I'm going to set up a ten billion dollar fund, which but doesn't which is is great. Um, it's actually about the same size, if not larger, than the, the UN Green Climate Fund, of all things. Um, but he's only going to fund, it seems, scientists, um, non-governmental organizations and like. And apparently he's not going to fund companies, which is a little bit odd. But, well, again, there's not a great deal of information there. And, of course, this is a company which has come under a lot of scrutiny uh, for its refusal until last uh, fall, I think, last September, uh, to uh, really talk about how much emissions it actually has. And finally, it came out with somewhat of a plan, which actually isn't a bad plan. But again, it's show us, show us the meat. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think, again, that the ambition is good and it's good to see them do this. But I think what we, you and I, I think both agree, what we need to see is, is a lot more, a much better, I think, as I put it, a much better flight plan, plan for Delta to show us how it's going to get from here to there in 10 years. And I suppose for BP over the next 30 years, because I think you probably agree that the chances of the current chief executives being in place in 10 years, let alone 30, is pretty yeah. slim. Pretty slim, yeah. All right, George, let's leave it there. Uh, unsurprisingly, I'm going to say this, I think we'll have you back on pretty soon to talk about more climate stuff, and, and me too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Okay, that's our show for this week. We extend our gratitude, as always, to our producers, Freddie Joyner and Laura Browner. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Check us out every day at breakingviews.com, subscribe to The Views Room, and our sister show, The Exchange, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcast kicks. And please do share your opinions about our shows. Join us again next week for another edition. Breaking Views.